Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO Podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. And today, we're going to be talking about whether or not you can train a guy, change a cheater, and if our bad decisions are really faded with a bad dude, or if it's actually just a lot of shame. And a reminder, if you want to chat with me privately, find me on the Instant Go app, username ShallonXO, and click chat to get connected. And yes, now it's available on Android and iOS. And be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and find me on YouTube for new videos every other day. This question is actually a follow-up question um, to someone I've been talking to for a little while now about this ongoing dude that she's basically like kind of trapped on an island with over the summer. Like she's in Martha's Vineyard and it's a very small population and she keeps running into the same guy and he's like the guy everybody wants. The guy who has a terrible reputation of like basically hooking up with girls and never speaking to them again. I mean, you know, the standard fuckboy nonsense. But of course, she thinks maybe she's different. Maybe things will be different. I've said in multiple messages, no, things are not going to be different. A principle of psychology is that the best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. People very rarely change because why would they? Why would a guy who's on summer break in a small town with girls fawning all over him, why would he be like, you know what I want? just one chick. I want a solid girlfriend. No, he wants to run through as much pussy as he possibly can. And yes, I'm using that gross term because that's exactly what he's using. And like I always say, we need to walk in the light of the truth. And certainly we need to walk in the light of the truth about how men are speaking about us. We don't need to be like, oh, he's probably calling me like sweetheart. No, he's calling you pussy, tail, Look, he probably doesn't even remember your last name, if he ever even bothered to learn it in the first place. But I digress. So the question she, she asked me this time was basically like, okay, I saw him and I resisted and I went over to his house and there was a bunch of girls there like with his friends, his like other roommate, and he was being really lovey-dovey and he sent the girls home and I told him I was leaving too. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm, I'm going home. I don't, I'm not spending the night. I'm not hooking up with you. And he was like kind of salty about it, but was like, okay. And then like texted me to make sure I got home okay. And I just, I'm proud of myself for resisting him, but I just know I'm going to give in. I know I'm going to end up sleeping with him because I just can't avoid seeing him. So like, what do you think I should do? Why don't all of you guess what I think? Because you know what? Listen, I've, I've said this before. You can lie to your friends. You can lie to your family don't lie to yourself. And worse than a lie is this nihilistic, fatalistic point of view that like, well, there's nothing I can do. I have no control over this. My bad decisions are written in the stars. No, they're fucking not. That is such baloney. And you know it. And I know it. And everyone else knows it. And when you say things like that to yourself, you just sound weak because it's baloney. It's baloney. And so I wrote her back and I'm like, girl, you know what? If 
then just sleep with him. Then just sleep with him. If you've already made that mental pathway in your mind where you're like, well, I don't know. I just can't resist. You're clearly going to do it. So do it. Do not come crying to me afterwards and being like, he's not talking to me. No shit. He's not talking to you. I knew it. Your friends knew it. Every other girl he's hooked up with knew it. His friends knew it. Everyone knew this, including you, right? And isn't that the worst part? We know. Like, the thing I have trouble resisting the most is food. Fun, fun, super sexy. But like, if I go into a food situation, like a barbecue or like whatever, and I'm like, there's no way I can resist it. Well, no shit. Like, it's already a foregone conclusion. I've already made that decision in my mind, and I'm just not willing to tell it to myself yet. Why? Because I'm ashamed. And I should tap into that shame, right? Shame is a very powerful tool. And I hate that it, now in society, it's like, you're body shaming, you're, you're slut shaming. Like, look, of course, you shouldn't do those, those things. But we should be shaming ourselves a little bit more than we are. Because it keeps us accountable. And it keeps us present in our decision making. And if I stop and I'm like, no, Shallon, you can resist the baked beans. You can do it. Then I feel shame for telling myself that I have no power. Because for us to feel powerless is awful. If we feel powerless already marching into a situation, number one, that tells me we shouldn't be in a situation that is setting up a dynamic where we have to choose between it and what we want, what's healthy for us and what the situation wants. The barbecue baked beans wants me to eat them, right? Obviously, that's their whole reason for existing to get in Shallon's tummy. But I want something different. I want to stay on my keto diet. I want to be healthy. I want to stick to my goals. So maybe I shouldn't put myself in this situation. If I can't resist baked beans, I shouldn't go to the barbecue. If you can't resist sleeping with the fuck boy, you need to be where the fuck boy is not. But like I said, at the end of the day, we can all resist these things. We are just choosing not to. And then even worse, choosing to not even acknowledge that. We're not even saying, you know what? I'm going to fucking sleep with him. I don't, I don't care. I really want him. I'm desperate. I think that he socially is the answer to all of my problems, which of course he's not. So I'm just going to do it. I would have more respect for that because I feel like you guys can tell in me answering this question that I'm like annoyed by it because I am annoyed. Shit like this annoys me. When women, when we just default to this like, I don't know, it's Mercury, retrograde. what am I going to do? I can't not suck his dick. Girl, be a woman and stand inside your decisions because you're damn sure going to have to stand inside the consequences of those, right? Those are going to look you right in the eye. So you better be able to look it right back and say, you know what? Yeah, I made this decision on my own two feet and it was a bad one. It was a bad one because the reason we feel ashamed and we can't acknowledge it is because, like I said, we know how we're going to feel. I know when I eat that gallon of baked beans, how I'm going to feel even more ashamed. So what I'm essentially feeling in my denial is pre-shame. I've already tapped into the consequence. I know it like I know it like I know it. And I'm like, I'm resisting looking it in the face because I know what the outcome is. And again, why are we in a situation like this? This is not how love should make you feel. It isn't. And I know that sounds simple and almost like unbelievable. That's how I would think, you know, if somebody told me this before I had actually dated and met quality people, like, I was like, okay, oh, it's not supposed to feel like this. I guess maybe when I just meet my soulmate. No, no. 
He doesn't even have to be your soulmate for him to just not make you feel ashamed. It shouldn't be like shame relationship, shame relationship, shame relationship, true love. It shouldn't go like that. Like, like eating. It shouldn't be like garbage food, garbage food, garbage food, kale salad, right? You wouldn't look at that pattern and be like, that's a healthy pattern. You'd be like, no, that's a bunch of bad decisions and maybe like one fluke outlier good decision. It should be like cheeseburger, okay, salad, quinoa, grilled salmon. Like that's a healthy pattern. And right, yes, we can control every single thing that we eat. We can't necessarily control every single boy that we meet, but we can control if we sleep with them, right? Yeah, bringing it all back together. We can control who we're sleeping with. And if we think that we can't, you're just lying. You're just lying. You're lying to yourself. And what did I say at the very top of this? You can lie to your friends. You can lie to your family. You can even lie to me. I can see right through it. You're not fooling me literally for a second. But don't lie to yourself. Tap into that shame because that shame is not shame. It's not like societal shame. It's your instinct being like, girl, no. You and I both know, me, you, your gut, Jesus, your heart, whoever, we all know how this is going to go. And when it does, we're going to be, of course, upset, but we're going to be ashamed of ourselves and we're going to be mad at us. Because look, the fuck boy, his behavior isn't changing. You know, our behavior is changing. And again, we're lying to ourselves about what that could be. And we don't deserve that. People lie to us enough. The world lies to us enough. We need to be honest with ourselves so that when we're moving through the world, we know exactly who we are. We understand the body, the heart, and the mind that we are living inside, and we are making the best possible decisions because they are rooted in reality. When you lie to yourself, you're making decisions based on a reality that does not exist. Have you ever wondered what the secrets are behind some of the most successful women in the world? Well, each week on the Super Women with Rebecca Minkoff podcast, designer Rebecca Minkoff, yes, the girl who makes all of your favorite purses, talks to women from all walks of life, from CEOs to artists. They share their personal stories on the successes and their failures in order to help you tap into the power of vulnerability and find strength in dealing with loss. They also share tips on how to make your inner superwoman shine through. Doesn't this sound totally up our alley? So head on over to Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts for new episodes of the Superwoman with Rebecca Minkoff podcast to get inspired, laugh, and learn a few life lessons along the way. So this question comes from Cece and she says, hi, Shallon. So me and this guy have been best friends for two years, but he started liking me. I politely rejected him multiple times, but he still tries to act flirty and, you know, all that. The problem is I don't want to lose him and he genuinely loves me and everybody says that he's the one for me. And like, I love him too, but there is zero lust in chemistry. Should we try dating or is this just pointless? Help. Oh, yeah. So I think one thing that annoys me, I mean, there's almost an unlimited amount of things that annoy me. But one thing that jumped out in her message that like really resonated is that like everyone says he's the one for me. I cannot tell you how many bad or dead end or just plain lame situations I've gotten stuck in because other people told me I should stay in them, you know? Or like 
And it, you know, it's not even like people do it to be mean. Like no one's doing this out of some nefarious purpose. They probably do see like how much he genuinely loves you and he's so sweet and wonderful. But love is not a democracy. This is not the electoral college. We don't all get a vote. And that's why chemistry is so important because yeah, you can look at two people and it's like on paper, oh my God, they would be perfect for each other. But that isn't how it works. I mean, don't you wish it was, right? Like if if somebody else could just like decide for you that like, hey, you two are going to be compatible. And it just happens, but it doesn't. That's why it's called chemistry. You know, it's like, I mean, for me, that makes sense because I got a D in chemistry. I don't understand chemistry and it's frightening and amorphous and I can't control it. And that's very much how I feel about chemistry between two people. What even is it? Who could know about it? Nobody. Nobody whatsoever. So ignore if people are saying, oh my God, you guys would be great together. Also ignore when girls, like your friends, will be like, no, 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 he loves you. He does. Just like, hang on. I got stuck in a fuckboy situation literally for years because I had our mutual friends being like, he's in love with you. Like, you are his soulmate. And I'm like, yeah, right? I think so too. Let me just hang on in the face of complete baloney. And had I not had those people in my ear, not that they were like, again, they weren't doing it to be nefarious. Like they really wanted to see us end up together. And they, and I believe he did love me, but I mean, you know, having love feelings and the ability to be a decent partner to someone are in no way related, no way related. I, it's not at all. It's bizarre. So in Cece's situation, look, I get that like she loves to be loved, you know, as we all do. And it's really hard to push away or reject someone who adores us. Like who doesn't want to be adored, you know? And it also gives us, it taps into this feeling of ungratefulness, I've noticed. Like I had I had the exact same thing happen in high school. I had a guy friend, he's like, I'm in love with you. And I just did not feel it. And I remember feeling so guilty because my entire life, my entire life, like since I was five, I wanted a boyfriend. I want a boy to be like, I declare my love for you. And here it was. And I was like, eh, don't touch me with those fingers. Like I wanted nothing to do with him sexually. There was zero lust, zero chemistry, just like Cece. And I remember thinking, how dare you, Shallon? How dare you push away the answer to all of your prayers, right? So I tried to give it a go. And you know what? I ruined prom. It was terrible. Like, I didn't have those feelings. And looking back, it's like, you don't have to like everyone that likes you. And that's that was like a radical thought for me when I had that. I remember I literally stopped my tracks and I was like, wait, I don't. Because again, like I had wanted this for so long. I'd wanted love and everyone's a boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. That like, who the hell was I to be pushing something away? Who was I to say, oh, this person who loves you? That's not enough. Love isn't enough, Shallon. And you know what? It isn't. It isn't. You have to have the love and the chemistry and the respect and the good communication. You really do need a lot. And I require a lot because I'm a lot of woman. And so are you. I give a lot back to the people I date. So do you. I give a lot to my friendships. So do you. So I'm not going to take anything less than what I give, which is everything. And really, how would that be fair to the other person? How would that be fair to this guy who's in love with Cece? For a girl to be like, all right, yeah, fine. And just like shuddering every time he touches her, getting the ick. 
You guys know the ick. It's just that feeling of blech, blech, that you get when you're trying to make something work with someone you don't have any chemistry with. And the ick is not an ugly person's disease. No, it is not. I've had the ick for, I literally had the ick for a male model. Can you believe He was an Abercrombie model. And I was like, get those abs away from me, Colin. Like, I couldn't stand it. And conversely, I've been incredibly attracted to people who are, from any angle, any way you slice it, ugly. (laughs) And it's just like, but that's chemistry. Scary and unknown, you know? So we can't, like, force that. Because the ick is truly a cancer in a relationship. Because if you plow through and try to date someone when you have the ick, all you're going to do is get mean because you're disgusted with yourself and they are just like heartbroken because they don't understand what they've done to precipitate this meanness. And the answer is they haven't done anything. They're simply existing, you know, and the nicer they are, the more icky you feel. You're just like, ugh. I don't know. It's just, it's a really bad situation. So I told Cece, like, First of all, her first mistake is to try to turn him down politely. No, 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 no. Guys don't take hints. They're not subtle creatures. Do you know what I mean? They're pretty much blunt objects. They're like a golden retriever. You can't hint around with a golden retriever. You have to say, walk? Want to go walk? Want to go bye-bye? Car? Bye-bye? Like, you really got to boil it down and just spit the words out. But, like, everyone is kind of like that when they like somebody else. I talk to you guys all the time. And I mean, some of you guys are like, he blocked me on Instagram. What do you think that means? I'm like, girl, what do you think it means? You think maybe it means he doesn't like you? It could mean that. It could mean that. But when we like someone, we're looking for loopholes. You know, we're looking for confirmation of what we want to be true. We're twisting facts to suit theories. And we need to twist theories to suit facts. So in this context, I'm like, you need to to make it unequivocal. I don't have those feelings for you. And like, tell me what you told me. Like, I love having you as a friend. Although, although, you know what? Like I said, CC for being real, you like having him as a fan, as a fan. At some point, you probably like the friendship. But I mean, there was for probably a very long time an element of him liking you back and you like the adoration. It's natural, but it isn't healthy. And it doesn't get either one of you anywhere, you know? Because while you're both looking at this situation, that means you're not looking around for other people who you actually are going to be compatible with. So I'm like, take some steps back. Say, look, I want us to get back to a friendship, but a friendship is neutral. And right now, that's not what this situation is. So we need to have no contact until... Basically, you're over me, you know, until you don't feel this way, until you've gone out and met someone else and blah, blah, blah. And I think that will be at least several weeks, like four to six business weeks, you know, probably a few months. And then we can come back together as friends when we both moved on from the situation. And then she actually literally has to mean that. And she has to stay away from him. And this is where our own like fortitude is going to come in where we really have to give ourselves a gut check and be like, no, I need to deny what my ego wants because what my ego is going to want is to talk to this person who gives me attention and who loves me because I like that feeling. But like you guys have been on the other end of that situation, right? You've been the dude and you've had a CC being like, hey, what's going on? You're like, "Ah, there's hope. He likes me. And really it's the ego. 
right? So now you see things in reverse and it's like, oh, when you see guys doing this to you, now you kind of understand where it's coming from. Not that that's an excuse. It's it's the opposite of an excuse. It's like, oh, because they are doing things with the intention of boosting their own ego. So I told Cece to really like buckle down and like don't actually talk to him. It's go- It's just going to set you guys back. You're going to get right back to where you were. It's going to give him false hope and mixed signals. And then she's going to end up having to dump him all over again. And literally that is so annoying. So every time you talk to him, the clock is going to reset. So make it clean, make it unequivocal, keep it moving. And then you can actually probably get back to being friends. This next question comes from Bella, and she says, Shallon, I want to get back together with an ex who didn't always pay for dates. And since I didn't know what to expect from a boy at 17, I thought that was okay at the time, but I see the way my friends' boyfriends treat them, and I want that. Like, they just treat them so well. It's all this amazing courtship, and it's just wonderful. So I want to know if my ex can be taught. Like, I want him to treat me a little bit more like a lady. Do you think I have a chance at turning him into that guy? This is a really good question, and I I wanted to answer it, like, because I know a lot of you guys aren't 17, but the overall lesson here, I think, is something we can all learn, which is just because someone can be taught doesn't mean I need to be the one to teach them. You know what I mean? It's tiring, and it builds a lot of resentment. And from my experience, the fact that a man should pay for a date, and make no mistake, he should is not something that a woman should have to teach him. It's something his parents teach him. Like, even at 17, you're almost an adult. Like, you have been taught right from wrong from the jump. And clearly, this dude hasn't, you know? And that means he probably doesn't know a whole other set of behaviors, like opening doors or just being generally romantic and thoughtful. Yeah, he's 17 and he's still young, but respect for women starts with boys, like literally when they're four years old. Do you know what I mean? Like a man should be conditioning his son and telling him about courtship and certainly about like how to take a girl on a date. Like that happens when you're like 14, 15, like he should know that. He should also have friends who know that and they're all talking about it. Like what do you think teenage guys talk about constantly? Girls, 27 year old guys only talk about girls. So there's a lot of sharing of information you know? So it's not something that we as women should actually have to be doing from scratch when a dude's already an adult or very close to it. So no, don't get back together with him. And I, this is why I wanted to answer the question because when we, when we think about like, I want a certain kind of relationship, it's very natural for us to want to go back to an ex. It's a path we've already walked down, you know? So we think, Hey, it's probably going to be easier to build off of something that I know rather than start from scratch with like some unknown boy out in the universe that, I mean, it just seems so overwhelming and vague, but like we can get our heads around the concept of like, oh, I can turn this dude into Prince Charming. But we always need to remember that it's called a breakup because it's broken. Exes are exes for good reasons. And of course, She wants to be in a romantic, respectful, courtship kind of relationship. And that you should accept nothing less. But there are so many guys who are finished products. Why do we need a fixer-upper, right? Why do we need a project? Why do we need a teachable moment? No one has to teach me shit. I mean, they don't. Like, I come fully formed. I know how to treat people. 
I sometimes choose to be, to be mean and kind of a bitch, but I do know better. And like, yes, there's a certain amount of like learning and like, um, you know, yeah, like learning in every relationship, like, oh, this is something they value. This is something they don't value as much and sort of like meshing and meshing, but it shouldn't be like, I need to teach this dude the basics. That is just, I'm tired. I don't have the energy for that. I would rather spend that energy teaching myself something new. I would, oh, I want to create good habits. Why would I create good habits for some guy? I want to create good habits for Shallon. I want Bella to create good habits for Bella. To use that power and that energy for your own life that you can take with you for the rest of your life. Not some guy so that, oh, you can be his training wheels, his practice lap, his dress rehearsal. I don't think so, honey. You come to me fully formed or you don't come at all. Take that as you will. So this question comes from Kylie and she said, so basically here's the situation. A few months ago, I found nudes, nudes from another girl on my boyfriend's phone. And obviously we broke up. He has since reached out to me and has made it abundantly, all caps, clear that he is super regretful and wants me back and that the reason he did it was that he felt secure, I'm sorry, insecure with like me in the bedroom and this other girl was essentially offering him nudes knowing he had a girlfriend. So he did it to give himself an ego boost. I decided to see him and I know it's wrong, but I went through his phone again and found out that he might have actually been cheating on me in real life like and told me it was just the nudes. So I don't know what to do. I really like him and we've been talking for a while and things seem a lot better, but I feel like this changes things. Help. Ugh. Going through a phone is like, I've never gone through someone's phone. Actually, no. One time I did. This was like the craziest thing I've ever done. Are you ready for this? I, we weren't even boyfriend, girlfriend. We were just like casually hooking up. I went through this boy's phone and I deleted every female that had texted him. And you know who I deleted? His mom and his sisters like a psychopath. I, like I deleted their contacts. Oh, anyway, my point is don't go through someone's phone. Like it's the gift and the curse, right? Because inevitably you're going to find something. And like I watch law, a lot of law and order and look, the evidence is inadmissible. It wasn't properly obtained with like a proper warrant. So you can't lecture someone about trust when you've been breaking into their phone. On the other hand, it's like, but you kind of need to know that, right? Like this is crucial evidence and it's pointed to the culprit. So it really is just like, a double-edged sword. I don't go through people's phones for no other reason. I don't need to make myself crazy. It's like, you know what? If you're cheating on me, I'm an excellent judge of character. And I feel like I will, I need to sharpen the skills of deduction, like my own intuition so that I know I need to be able to look at you and be like, you don't pass a smell test with me. And no, I don't have, I don't have receipts. I have intuition and I have to just rely on that. And if it blows up in my face and I made a fool of, I'll survive. I think they're not the only man on earth. Okay. So, but in Haley's situation, like, this is tricky because on one hand, like, all right, of course he's going to be sorry and full of regret, right? Everyone is sorry when they get caught and everyone is sorry when the consequences of their decisions suddenly come to bear. But what you want him to say is, here's why it's going to be different. Here's what I've been doing to work on myself. Here's what I've been doing to satisfy my ego and boost it in a healthy way that doesn't require pictures of another woman's 
vagina. Doesn't that seem kind of reasonable to expect? Seems reasonable to me. Also, speaking of these nudes, I have a really hard time believing that this girl was just out of nowhere being like, hey, would you like to see my hoo-ha? I talk to you guys all day. It's all I do. And I hear a lot of stories about how guys ask, beseech, beg, manipulate, and threaten girls into giving them nudes. So forgive me if I don't think he was just this innocent bystander of a drive-by nuding. I don't think so. It takes two to tango. And then, you know, my first thought about this when, like, I read that, like, some girl had sent him nudes, my first thought was, it's never just pictures. You know, crimes escalate. And I guarantee this girl and him had some sort of dynamic, some sort of contact relationship. I mean, they probably know each other in real life, right? They probably met. And like, like she said, like, it seems like they probably did hook up because, yeah. And so here's another thing. Hmm. He feels insecure about his performance in the bedroom. All right. Reasonable. Objection sustained. So his answer to that is to go be in the bedroom. What? I cheated on a girl. I cheated on you because I don't feel confident in the bedroom. So my antidote to that was um, fucking some girl in the bedroom. Like, do you understand why that doesn't make any sense? It doesn't make sense. Like, the cure for the pain is not the pain. (laughs) Like, the atonement for the crime is not another crime in the exact same way. That doesn't make any sense. And he was not just an innocent bystander. And so this is the problem. This is what it boils down to. That's how he's painting himself. I talk a lot about victim mentality. And all I hear from this dude is victim mentality. She just sent me the nudes. I was just feeling bad about myself in the the bedroom. First of all, bro, probably you're bad in bed. Whose fault is that? Yours, my dude. It's not your girlfriend's. It's not this other chick who's like, you're getting hoo-ha pictures from. It's yours. And it's a red flag because that means he's not taking responsibility. And you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And he obviously is not acknowledging really what got him to this place. And therefore, he's not acknowledging that it won't happen again. You know what I mean? Like, there's, of course, she doesn't feel like there's any assurance in this relationship because, like, he hasn't really addressed or acknowledged anything. It's baloney. So, yeah, he totally did hook up with her. And... Honestly, though, whether he did or didn't is kind of irrelevant. The bottom line is she doesn't trust him and I don't blame her. Without trust, you just you don't have much of a relationship. Like if this was a marriage and they had kids and a mortgage and blah, 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 I would say, all right, you know, get yourself into some therapy, see if you can work it out. But dude, for a boyfriend, when you're young, I look back on all the shit I put up with a boyfriend and I'm like, why? Why? Life actually has real problems. Parents die. Siblings get sick. Wars happen. Famines. Locust even. I mean, you just have a really bad day at work. You get fired from a job. Your best friend's mad at you. Like, if you can't trust your partner, if you don't have the basics covered of like, I trust him. I know where he is when he says he's going to be someplace. I know whether or not he's hooking up with other chicks. If you don't have those bases covered, you don't have anything. You really don't. And why try to stick it out in that situation? For what? If it's bad early on, it, oh, sister, it only gets worse. Trust me. Trust me. I don't know anyone who's had a relationship that started out bad that ended up good. Because what even is 
ended up. You know, is it we're official boyfriend, girlfriend? Is it we're engaged? We're husband and wife? We have kids? Life doesn't stop at any one of those points. It just keeps on going. Only you've added in other factors. You've added in, like I said, a mortgage. You've added in children. You've added in a cohabitation. You're living in an apartment together. Like, But the issues, the fundamental things that you have or don't have are still there. And if you don't have trust, what do you have? In any relationship in your life, in any dynamic, if you don't trust your friends, you probably don't think of her as a good friend. If you don't trust your sibling, you probably don't really want them in your life that much. If you don't trust your boss or your job, you want to get the hell out of there. So why would we accept that in a romantic relationship, which ostensibly is supposed to hit so many more boxes, right? It's supposed to check all those boxes. Like they got to be your best friend and your lover and your companion and blah, 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 blah. And yet we think we can do without trust. No, it's not worth it. And honestly, for me, like if a guy wants to act like that, I let him. I don't ever, if a guy says he's cheating on me, my response is always like, okay, bye. Like, I don't argue. I don't try to get to the bottom of it. And I want to talk about, I don't want to fucking talk about it. I want to leave. There's 8 billion people in this world. You think I can't find one who only wants to have sex with me? I mean, at least for a while, maybe we can have some threesomes or talk about it or whatever. Like, you know, it's, if somebody wants to act like that, let them. If he wants to be a hoe, slut around and collect nudes, fine. Keep it moving. If he doesn't want to be a relationship with someone who doesn't trust him or he feels like he can't stay faithful, then like you don't want to play the part of an emotional parole officer constantly checking in on someone and trying to keep them in line. It's exhausting and you are wasting your perkiest boob years on someone who's looking at someone else's boobs. Pointless. That's all for this week, Shaloners. Thanks for tuning in. And like I said, if you have a love question of your own that you need some help on, find me on the Instant Go app and click chat to get connected right away. Also, find me on YouTube, Shallon Lester. Click like and subscribe for new videos every Friday and a bunch in between. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at ShallonXO. Stay savage.